0: Lord Jesus, would you open our hearts to what you have to say to us this morning. Amen. Amen. So we are in the third week of the Romans series, um, and uh, um, so far it's been, um, it's been quite hopeless. Um, I don't necessarily mean the series has been hopeless, but there has been not a lot of hope in the first bit of Romans we've been looking at, because it really set the scene. Uh, it's almost like, if you remember, um, and some of you have seen this in the Alpha video, you'll remember that video, uh, or, or the news story, uh, if you haven't seen it, of the miners um, who were trapped um, in, um, in Chile, and they were down there, and they were praying um, and praying. Um, and as much as they were praying in the mine, um, they weren't able to rescue themselves. It took somebody to come down, a rescue team, uh, to find them. Um, and imagine uh, the joy that they would have felt having been trapped there for so many days when they experience uh, the, the sound of a drill uh, coming to find them. Uh, Maybe you have been in a situation yourself where you felt that you could not get out. You needed rescuing, and there was nothing you could do. Uh, but then something came, uh, and uh, you, or somebody came probably, and they were able to rescue you. I always um, uh, laugh, uh, but I probably shouldn't, but I always laugh when I drive by the, the sign in, um, in the Golden Ears Park. If you drive up there and there's a big sign on the left-hand side. Does anybody know where you are today? Have you seen the one? Does anybody, and other parks have the same sign. Does anybody know where you are? And I always laughed at that, until I ran one day. We'd been there as a family, and I, was, I decided to run home from the Golden Airs Park, from the um, Alouette Lake. And, um, and, and I saw that sign. And you know, when you haven't got the roar of an engine and it's just you and your feet, it's eerily quiet reading the sign that says, does anybody know where you are? So today, uh, you'll be pleased to know there's only two points to the sermon, not three. Um, And they all cheered. Um, And they are these. Salvation is a gift we receive by faith. And salvation is an adventure we live by faith. So salvation, a gift we receive, and an adventure we live. So firstly, a gift we receive... God's grace is the only way out of our predicament of sin. We talked about sin last week. Um, I said how this was the bad news, and then this week was going to be the good news. Um, and, uh, um, and, and I do appreciate a lot of people kind of gave me encouragement afterwards and said, it wasn't that bad, really, David. Um, again, I don't know if they're referring to my preaching or the... Um or sin, uh, but um, but we talked about sin and just how um, uh, we sometimes in the church we've struggled to know, uh, especially these days. Can we talk about sin? Will it? Will people who aren't used to church will they be uh, put off by us talking about sin? But really, it is just a recognition that we're broken people in a broken world. And if you can't see that, just turn on the news. Um, And so um, as we think about sin, we know that salvation is the rescue effort of God. The solution to our problem of sin and brokenness and falling away from God is found in Jesus Christ, in his life, in his death on the cross, in his resurrection from the grave. Salvation is a gift. And that is the core of our faith. And what makes it unique? As you look at other religions, there's a lot of emphasis on work. Now, don't think we shouldn't work as Christians. Don't think we shouldn't try to live our lives as God intended. But the, the key to salvation, to being made right with God doesn't come by by how hard we work, by how much money you give, by how many hours you volunteer cleaning the church windows or vacuuming the floor. Um, We we try, don't we, in life uh, often to earn um, salvation or acceptance. Uh, We work hard for certain things. That's the way of the world. We teach our children Uh, you know we say to them life isn't going to be handed to you on a plate you need to work can I have some money yes you can have some money you need to do something to earn the money and then I'll give it to you Uh, and that's what we teach and yet with God it's totally different there is nothing that we can do to earn salvation there is nothing it's all been done by Jesus on the cross It's all been done. And that's sometimes really hard for us uh, to get our head around because nothing else in the world works like that. And if something is looking like that in the world, there's probably a catch, right? God's grace is given to us freely. Salvation is given to us uh, through grace and by faith. And so as Paul is writing here uh, in Romans 3, um, he speaks about the cultural, the racial, and the religious barriers. Um, he builds on the conclusions in the previous two chapters. Do you remember uh, last week he, he basically said to the Romans, you lot are pretty sinful? And then he said, well, it might be that if you're sitting here as a religious Jew who's followed the law uh, absolutely to the letter, you're, you're sitting there thinking this doesn't apply to me. And you're just enjoying uh, Paul having a go at the Romans Uh, um, and then uh, the Roman Gentiles. That means the people who were not not Jews. And you're sitting there thinking, it's all right. He's just having a go at them. We're fine. We've ticked all the right boxes. We've done all the right things. And then he turns in the next chapter and says, and actually, for you religious folk, for you religious folk, you think you've got it all right, but you too have sinned. And we had that reading from uh, John chapter 8, uh, where the woman was uh, caught in adultery and was going to um, be stoned. And Jesus says, let the one who is without sin cast the first stone. And one by one, all the religious people walk away as they realize uh, they actually all have fallen short. Paul's message was that nobody gets away that all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There is no such thing as a a goody two-shoes. No. In reality, all of us have fallen short. There is no difference when it comes to salvation. Because salvation is a gift of grace. It's a gift that we don't have to earn. It's a gift that you can't earn because it's already given to you. And maybe you're here thinking, well, I've heard this a lot, but I've never quite believed it. And, and it's like when you have something in the diary and it's in pencil, if you have a diary in pencil. Um, maybe you have an electronic diary and then you have it in a you know, dotted font instead of a real one because it's kind of penciled in. And maybe, uh, maybe for you as we go through Romans, there might be that moment when you say, okay, I want to get the pen out and I want to sign for my faith in pen. I want to put it in bold in my, in my diary and make it real and to say, yes, Lord, God, I accept this offer of salvation. In a sense, it's quite anticlimactic, Grace. I mean, it's not in that it's amazing, but in a sense, it's anticlimactic because we as people are so conditioned, I think, to so what can I do? What can I do? If I work really hard and I do this and I, I work overtime, then I might get this promotion. I might work hard and get a bigger house or a, a better car or a, a, new, um, a new computer or whatever it is that you, you, you aspire to earn. And there is nothing, because salvation is a gift, there is nothing that we can do. And I think sometimes we get so used to earning things so used to being in our own strength that it's hard to admit, and it can even be hard for us to admit as Christians, that, that we, we don't need the strength, and in fact, it doesn't work anyway, because it's a gift. Paul uses three metaphors to unpack the gift of salvation. He talks about redemption from slavery the sacrifice of atonement to cleanse us, and the legal status of justification. Um, I don't want to get bogged down too much in the detail of this. because I'm only one coffee into Sunday morning so far. Um, if you want to get bogged down into detail of this, make sure I've had a coffee and then I'll get going on those three things. Uh, but broadly speaking, redemption from slavery. Uh, we know that about 30% of people in, the Roman, um, in Rome were, were slaves. They, they belonged to somebody else. And so they were, they were redeemed um, from that slavery. Or that, that, that would be the picture he used. What would it be like if we we're redeemed? Um, if, if all of a sudden uh, we, we don't belong to somebody else, we're not trapped. The, um, the sacrifice of atonement, uh, the word atonement at one meant about being made one with God, and the legal status of justification. Um, was, um, was something to do with, uh, with Abraham particularly. As I say, I don't want to get bogged down too much in any of those metaphors. Um, I think for us this morning, hearing the news of forgiveness of a debt that we owed as a church, I think that probably is the, the thing I would look at. Because I can't quite... As you've noticed, I couldn't quite work out what to say. Because I, it, it's quite... As much as we prayed that the day might come, it, it's still kind of hard to, to believe it. And um, I've got an email and a letter confirming it. But there's still that sense of, is this really true? Salvation is a gift we receive through faith. And so all you need to do is to have the faith to believe and trust in Jesus Christ. That's it. And so as I said, um, it's a gift that's given by faith, but we, we also, we wanna do some stuff because weeds still need pulling out. Pies still need making. Floors still need vacuuming, and, um, and all the jobs that, that keep us going as a community need to happen. So salvation is, um, is a gift we receive by faith, but then salvation is an adventure we live by faith, um, and that's what Romans 4 talks about. He unpacks Abraham's story as it reveals God's original pattern of salvation for all people. It shows how both Jews and Gentiles become part of God's family By faith. Salvation by faith goes right back to the start of the story. Before the law and before circumcision, there was justification by faith. And Abraham's model for being justified, for being made right with God, is the model for ours. We try and justify ourselves by trying harder. Doing more, impressing people, doing good works. I, I heard of um of a of a company in the states where um the expectation was that you worked a really long day. Uh, you probably heard of offices like this, and I hope hope you haven't had to work in one, but some of you maybe did or do. Um, and it's the kind of place where, where um, you, you really are expected to be there from first thing in the morning until last thing at night. Um, and, uh, and it's like you, you win brownie points. Um, as long as your, um, your jacket is on your chair and your computer is logged in. And providing you're there, uh, then that's great. It's seen that you are working hard because you're doing 12 hours a day at the office. I heard of a human resources director that went into this company because it turned out they weren't being very productive, and the senior management couldn't find out why. And uh, and said, well, they're working all these hours. You need to give them time uh, to get some work-life balance back, to enjoy their life. Uh, then they'll be more productive at work. Just trying to work harder in the end uh, doesn't, doesn't solve anything. The gospel is what gives us a secure identity in Christ. I am who I am because of who Christ is, because of what Christ has done through his death, on the cross. Who I am in Christ, my identity in Christ is a gift that is given. And not everyone wants to accept that gift, we know that. Very few of us these days are are in church. Um, And the people that pray uh, in, in the church tend to pray for rain, because when it rains, more people come to worship. And when it's sunny, more people go out for a hike. It's true. Um, and, uh, um, and so um, there's very few of us who choose to accept the gift. But in a world that is constantly changing, be that politically or environmentally, as, as we look at the climate situation, um, and in many other ways too, economically, things are changing and shifting. Christ is the solid rock on which we can build. The world will keep on changing. The promises of politicians will keep on um, not being met. Trying to think how to put that nicely. But you know, some of you have been around a while and you've heard these promises before. You heard them 10 years ago and 20 years ago. And we, we hope that humanity can solve the world's problems, but over time we just managed to make it worse. And so as Christians, we're called to boldly put our faith and trust in God, to build our lives on Christ, the solid rock. As we heard in the gospel. The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. Paul uses the story of Abraham to demonstrate what a life of faith would look like. His audience would have been familiar with that story, but Paul sheds a new light on it. Abraham's faith enabled him to live a bold life, believing in the promises, following God's call into the unknown. There are many people, and you know them too, I'm sure, who live by faith. They'll be in the hardest of circumstances, and yet you hear the the faith that keeps them going. And they'll tell you, I begin my day with prayer, or I end my day with prayer, or I stop at noon for prayer. We have to trust In God even when we don't see where we're going I remember a time when uh, I was cycling along on my bicycle and it was about midnight um, and it it was in England so there were no bears to worry about but there were foxes and you know other things and um, I I hadn't um, I mean this this really belongs to another parable but never mind Uh, but I didn't have enough um, oil for my lamp my, my batteries had run out on the front of my bike and I was, was going across a field so it was absolutely pitch black uh, I couldn't see a thing and I just had to trust that I knew where I was going and the, and the song that came into my head was the Lord's My Shepherd even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death and, uh, and then I started to worry like is this the valley of the shadow of death now? <laughs> wasn't the best song to come into my head, but I was going along. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, that sounds better, I know you are with me. God is with us, even in the hard times. Salvation is a gift we receive by faith. Salvation is an adventure we live by faith. And whether we are here today going through good times or hard times. We know that God is with us. And I know, because I've been doing this a while now, that typically in church there are more people who are going through hard times than good times. Or maybe it's just that I hear about the hard times and not the good times, Uh, but that can be my perception. And so we want to have an opportunity in a moment. Um, We're going to sing a song, Who You Say I Am, that just reminds us of the the surety of our place um, in heaven and of us being who God says we are. Uh, We're going to have a time of prayer ministry, and you might like to come forward for prayer if you're going through a hard time. Or or if you know someone who's going through a hard time, I think so often we'll know someone who's going through a hard time. They may even be sitting near you in the pew and they think, I'm not going forward for prayer. I don't know what might happen. Well, all that will happen is someone will pray for you and that's it. Uh, And so I'd encourage you, maybe it's a family member or a friend and you could just go forward and have someone pray um, for that person if it's not for you. Salvation is a gift we receive, an adventure we live. And sometimes it's the stepping up and walking forward. That's why we pray at the front, not the back. We're not hiding prayer away. We're praying at the front to show that we're a community that trusts each other. And that as we come forward for prayer, we trust that God meets us by his grace, in his mercy, in our times of need. So I'm going to pray now, uh, and then we'll sing. Lord, we thank you for the gift of salvation. We thank you that it's a gift we receive freely as we trust in you. Lord, help us to live out this adventure of faith with one another. Help us to know that we are who you say we are. In Jesus' name, amen.